Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives with my good man, Kyle Q. He's right here. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Metallica's career, from basically from start to finish, all their studio albums, all of their um, uh, Garage Inc. We're going to be talking about the Lulu album, and uh, we'll get to all that in a little bit. But, uh, but it's good to see you again, my friend. Good to see you as well. So here we go. Let's get it going here right now. And let's see what we got. Let me, uh, so what are your overall, I mean, you, you and I going into this, we're like, look, we, we both love Metallica there. Mm. I mean, I, I have not seen them live. You have not seen them live yet either, but we're going to get together at some point. Um, whenever that time comes, I, I think that we're both ex- just excited to say that we, we both love Metallica and we're just Absolutely. ready to whatever. So, oh yeah. So I mean, what are your, like, just really quick before you go going, like, do you have any initial impressions or thoughts or like, what, what do you like about Metallica? What do you not like? Or what do you got? Yes. I mean, Metallica, you know, growing up, they were one of, one of my all time favorite bands growing up. So, uh, I mean, the love for Metallica goes way back to my childhood with, you know, the black album, but, um, you know, recent years, I kind of fell off from, actively like keeping up so much i i think a lot of that really just has to do with them not really having much out lately other than live albums here and there and announcing tours and just different products um you know i still keep up with for the most part with everything that they've been doing but you know uh, they're still definitely up there with my favorite bands um but recently, they, I just think the lack of material has made me fall off a little bit. So it was really great, uh, you know, preparing for this, going back, listening to all their stuff again, really just uh, reopened my eyes to the band and I'm very excited to talk about them. Really, in terms of what I don't like, it's really nothing, uh, you know, other than some missteps and albums that we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. But really, um, I think in recent years, one thing that's gotten to me is that they have seemed to turn into more of a brand than a band. You know what I mean? Kind of like Kiss, where nowadays, rather than albums, we're getting things like uh, Monopoly games, which as a Monopoly collector, not going to complain about. But I mean, we're getting that. I think they had a Clue game. You know, they got their, their whiskey brand. They, you know just a lot of different non-musical ventures that to me are encroach a little more upon the kiss territory of being a brand rather than focused on the music, but, you know, overall musically, mm-hmm. you know, the top of the game. I, I tend to agree. I mean, my Metallica was, is one of those bands like I had to like gradually get into because I was full disclosure. I actually saw a band cover, I forgot band I saw, but like they opened up with For Whom the Bell Tolls, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit. But like that was their first song on their set. I I didn't really, I didn't really like a lot of metal up until that point. But once I heard that live, I was like, okay, I'm all in. Let me get into this stuff. Let me get, let me get get into Kill 'Em All. Let me get into Ride the Lightning and Black Album, Left and Right. You know, and and Fuel, Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire. Come on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like this. And I mean, for myself, I'm sure many other people, Metallica was their gateway band into metal. I mean, me, yeah. I know uh, you tend to not be so much into the heavier aspects of the genre, but like I, I love 
metal. Like metal is one of my favorite genres. It and Metallica was really the band that kicked that off for me. Uh, you know, first real metal band along with like Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yeah, uh, and you know the classics were around the same era, but really Metallica was the one that got my interest in the genre. And then I re- you know, as time went on, high school, middle school, I would get into the heavier stuff, but really that wouldn't have happened without Metallica. And I think that's the same for a lot of fans of the genre. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, as most people know, if they watch my show, whatever, I'm not like, I enjoy metal. I'm just not like the hardcore. Like I, I haven't gotten, I'm the only really heavy metal band I've gotten into is like the big four, the big of the original four, like Megadeth, you know, Slayer and Metallica is one of them, of course. But like as far as other bands, like contemporary metal bands, I just haven't like outside of like let's say like um Slipknot, that's about it. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's it, it's it's something that I have to get more into, truthfully. But uh, but yeah, either way, I'm excited. So, but um, enough dilly dallying. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get uh, the, let's get into their over their discography. So you want to, let's start with Kill 'Em All. Yep, Kill 'Em All. their debut which i have on vinyl truthfully nice man like i i i don't have like an original pressing i only have um like a re i have their uh, vinyl but hey it's still great to see it spin around and play heavy metal so mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so kill them all what are your thoughts impressions on kill them all my guy so kill them all so we're, we're, you're going to see, I'll start off by saying, you're going to see that uh, just like with Blink-182, which we tended to agree on, yeah. uh, and Van Halen, I have a pretty controversial, I've, I've come to learn this about myself, I tend to have a controversial um, ranking of bands' albums. So I'm just going to start it by saying that. But uh, Kill Em All is one of the better debut albums uh of the like thrash metal bands with that said i think it laid the groundwork for what metallica would become but outside of a few songs here and there i don't find myself coming back to a majority of it uh not to say that it's bad it's just you know it's rough around the edges their first album production wise playing wise it vocal wise i mean james hetfield definitely was no singer at this time and i think you know even he'll admit that you know originally he didn't even want to be the singer of the band uh it just kind of happened so uh you know i think it was a band coming into their own here and it really laid the groundwork for what metallica would become in the future uh with that said it's a good album there's some really great songs on here but uh it, you know for me it is what it is. It's a good debut album. Uh, nowhere near what they would have accomplished in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a, a good portion of the points you said. Truthfully, uh, I think that I mean, I'm I I mean, seek and destroy. Let me just start off by saying that I do love that track. I mean, it's like just seven minutes of pure like head banging early thrash which i mean truthfully i really liked i like that one a lot whiplash another one uh the the bass solo of anesthesia pulling teeth i was listening to that today as well i was like good god mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's something different i mean compared to what they evolved into but i i definitely 
I mean, personally, I really like it quite a bit. I mean, is, is it like their best album? No. Like, but we'll, 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 get, we'll get to our favorite albums and what we think is our number one a little bit. But uh, I think that this, I, I thought it was a, a very good start to their career. I mean, what, what we, with the, like for the Four Horsemen, I think it's great. See, like I said, Seek and Destroy. I bop out to them in my car like all the time. It's ridiculous. But um, like other than that, like uh, Whiplash is another one, Jump in the Fire. I mean, do I think that this is like, do they go back to this album a lot? I mean, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But um, as far as live performance, I see what they, I see what they play live. But um, honestly, if I had to, uh, overall, I like it. You know, it's it's a good start to their their uh, career, truthfully. So that's that's just me. Mm-hmm. But um, do I get into the track listing now? Absolutely. Cool. Let's get down. Uh, this is when uh, Dave Mustaine was still in the band. Uh, yes, he did write uh, most of this album alongside with them. Uh, you know, and it's a lot of reason. A lot of the Megadeth fans uh i've seen some people even back in the day i knew someone that renamed this album uh the album artist on itunes back when you know that was a big thing they renamed this album uh they made it a megadeth album uh you know i like megadeth well enough they're you know they're good but let's let's be honest this is better this album is better than a decent amount of what megadeth came out with album wise uh, sure they had some songs that were better than anything on here but album wise i think this album was better than most of what Mega, uh, megadeth turned out i mean i tend to agree with that yeah i mean that, yeah, i mean i, I think like yeah you know, i i i'm full disclosure I, I don't know megadeth megadeth that well but like i did i could definitely see where you're coming from with that so um Let's get into the track listing, shall we? So hit the lights. Mm-hmm. Good opener or bad opener? Oh, great opener. Great Especially okay. for an opener for a debut album. Uh, so when I when I go through these, uh, I try to pick out my top three songs from the album, my yeah. favorite three. Hit the lights is one of those top three. Uh, in no particular order, it, it's definitely in there. And it's a great way to introduce you to the band, especially at this point in their career. It's a great introduction and it, it works on multiple different levels, um, especially in a live setting. Uh, unfortunately, I've never seen Metallica live. However, I have seen other bands in the past play this and it, it's insane and incredible every time, no matter who's playing it, it's a well-written song and it, it gets the energy going and it really sets the stage for what you're going in for in the album. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I love it too. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, I guess the four horsemen, I, I'm just really before I go into my, uh, the, the rest of the track is my, my, you mentioned your top three or four, my mm-hmm. probably the four, I would, the four or five I'd go to on here. Uh, I, I would say hit the lights. Definitely the four horsemen for sure. Um, whiplash, seek and destroy. And you might think I'm crazy for saying this, but anesthesia pulling teeth is Cliff Burton on bass. For some reason, that just works for me. Yeah, no, that's great. It's so good to hear a, a different type of instrumental on an album. You know, usually you get the, as we saw in our Van Halen video, 
you get the guitar solos, you get things like that. It's so rare where you get a well done or any bass solo for that matter. So it's great to hear that. My personal top three, uh, Hit the Lights, Whiplash, and Seek and Destroy. I'm going to read the track listing right now as well, but, and then I'll get to, I'll get to my question in a second, but like hit the lights, the four horsemen, motor breath, jump in the fire, anesthesia, pulling teeth, which is just, which is just a base, base instrumental, uh, whiplash, phantom Lord, no remorse, seek and destroy metal militia. And that's it. I mean, which I, I, I given that this was on vinyl, like how, would you say side one is better for you or side two? Like, what would you say about that? See, that, that's tough just based on where the sides cut off here. I would probably have to give it to uh, maybe side one, but I'd say they're pretty equal just in terms of my two least favorite, my two low points, which you're going to disagree on one of them. I already know. Four Horsemen to me is one of my low points, believe it or not. Uh, okay. I don't know why there's just something about the song. I was never able to fully get into my other one is jump in the fire. Okay. I, it just comes off lyrically as very corny, which, you know, I, I get it. They were young and it was their first album, but I don't know. I just couldn't get into those. So it's hard because then side two is also like there's a lot of filler in there, but it has seek and destroy. I might have to give it to side one personally, okay. but um, you know, I love motor breath. It reminds me of a, like an old misfits song. So that's another thing with this album is you kind of hear some like punk influence come out at some points, which, yeah. you know, tended to get dropped as they went further in their career, but it just goes to show I had like that old, like late seventies, uh, early eighties punk influence on it. So yeah, I'd probably give it side one. All right, fair enough. Um, overall, overall, like I, I mean, I do like I do from start to finish. Like, there's just kind of there's a lot of good songs that I didn't. There was definitely some filler, but it's de- there was definitely some songs that I liked overall. Like on it, I mean, listening to it as a complete album, I thought it was pretty good personally. But that's me. Um, but yeah. So, um, are we all good? Yeah, I mean, I think I covered everything I need to with this album. It's a great. You know, introduction to the band. Nowhere, I wouldn't put it near their best personally, but you know, it' not a bad album by any means. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I, 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 that concludes my thoughts as well. Where would you rank uh, "Kill 'Em All" amongst your Metallica ranking of albums? Number nine. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where are you I'm gonna, I put it on my list. I'm just finding my notes. Forgive me. I actually put it at number seven. Okay. All right. Fair spot. I might have some connection problems here. It's, a, it's higher than others, but I mean, because but there's good, but some other. All right. We all set. Oh, yep. I was thinking I was, I was having some connection problems there. You were uh, cutting in and out, but uh, yep, I'm good on my end. Oh, sorry about that. Um, all right. Let's go to their next album then. Uh, Ride the Lightning. 
Great title for an album, by the way. And great album artwork. Oh, yeah. It, I, for some reason, I thought when I first looked at the cover, I actually thought it was not a chair. I thought it was like a, like a light bulb, like, like, a, like um, <laughs> something like that for some reason. I was like, wait, why are these? Oh, it's an electric chair. Ride the lightning. <laughs> okay. First time I saw I had a similar. I thought you were going in one direction. But uh, no, I when I first saw it, I thought it was a, a phone booth. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of uh, Bill and Ted. Oh, my God. But uh, yeah, no, it's a great album cover. And wow, what an improvement in one year. Yeah, literally a year. Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, what, what are your uh, some impressions of Ride the Lightning before we go into the track listing? I mean, do you, uh, do you I mean, you, like you said to yourself, it's like a, it's a step up, if you will, from the Kill Em All? Oh, I would say the quality jump here is incredible. Uh, you know, I get just goes to show what more money being thrown into production can do but even that even like lyrically and musically the amount like the maturity jump on this album from the last one is pretty crazy the writing is so much more mature and you know you have the acoustic intro coming on with a fight fire with fire there we'll get that in a second yeah on kill them all like you you just straight thrash and you know some punk influence on there but I, I would say that this is the first classic Metallica album that really saw them coming into their own as Metallica and especially uh, James Hetfield as a vocalist. I completely agree with you on that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it really just, it holds up. I mean, because I, I, like I said, like, like we told you guys, we've been listening to these albums. I've been listening to them, like them all day today and all day yesterday and the day before. And I've been, my head is like spinning like heavy metal craziness but i love it um but like ride the lightning i mean i i do agree with you it is a, it's a step up from kill them all um i think that it's i think for, i mean for starters for who the bell for who the for whom the bell tolls as a killer song like it's next level awesome um let's get into the track listing shall we mm-hmm. all right so here we go hold on and so the track listing is as follows fight fire with fire ride the lightning for whom the bell tolls fade to black. That's end of side one side two is trapped under ice escape uh, creeping death and the call of, is it to do or I don't know how to say it. It's a I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Cthulhu. Could the call of Cthulhu. Okay. I never know how to pronounce it. So, but, um, but um, let's start from side one. So fight fire with fire. And you, you were mentioning the, in, the acoustic introduction to that. I mean, first off going from a thrash metal album, like with kill them all to then introducing, uh, acoustic guitars. What, like what, a, what a step, like what an interesting move with you. Like, Cause I was listening to it tonight. Like, yeah. Wait a second. I forgot they have acoustic guitars in here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, this album really had their first kind of steps towards, uh one acoustics not not in terms of fight fire with fire but i mean fade to black was you know kind of their first attempt at a ballad if you will slower songs um yeah i mean definitely more experimentation on here yeah I mean, and also the we'll get to it in a second too but the last song of the album the call of cthulhu 
is because I, I forgive me for everyone if I'm butchering that, but like it's interesting to hear that they have like another instrumental on their albums too, and I'm, I'll mention mm-hmm. that in a minute too. But uh, I mean, Ride the Lightning is great track as well. I mean, for whom the bell tolls, that was the song I heard at that show. That I, I forget the name of who I saw, but the show, uh, they opened up with that, and I was like, all right, I'm in. That's it, metal. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, awesome, 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 awesome track. And Fate to Black, you're right. And it was their first step at like taking like a ballad type of feel to a song. And I, I thought I love it. True. I, I love it. Truthfully. Um, and then you flip the record over side two with Trapped Under Ice and Escape and Creeping Death. And then the instrumental of the call to Cthulhu. Um, do you have any uh, standout tracks on this album for you? Yeah. So my, my top three. Yeah. For Whom the Bell Tolls. Okay. Fate to Black. And uh, Trapped Under Ice, actually. I really? love that song. Uh, Creeping Death is a very, very close fourth. So I'm going to have to give that one an honorable honorable mention because it's a great song as well. It is. But yeah, those really only two songs in here I don't like. Uh, for me personally, Escape, mm. I I could never get into it. It's uh, It's very corny, again, and it's kind of an attempt to like that glam metal sound that was going on at the time, like the, the hair metal thing that was going on in uh, the LA scene. Yeah. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, that was a song that was uh, their label wanted them to do something like that. So again, just goes to show if that is the case, I apologize if I'm mistaken on that, but I'm pretty sure that was the case with that song. But again, just goes to show if your label wants you to do something, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> uh, I believe that song, they, I don't know if they've ever played it live. It might be one of the few they never have. Um, if they have, very rarely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that. And also just because of my personal tastes, I am not a fan of the Call of Cthulhu. Just because I, I'm more of a, when I listen to music, I'm more of a, melodies and like vocals and lyrics person okay so when we have a like nine minute instrumental i tend to lose it a little bit not that it's bad i mean it's they're great uh they're great musicians everything they're you know they're awesome but for me it kind of loses my attention i could end the album personally after creeping death and i wouldn't miss it yeah i gotta say my my standout tracks are actually can I be honest with you? Side one completely kills it for me. I love all those tracks. Um, uh, as far as side two goes, I mean, Trapped Under Ice, you know, it, it, it's, it, I see where you're coming from. I, I, I like it too, but it's not like it doesn't hold up to me as, like, as much as Creeping Deathwood or Fade to Blackwood mm-hmm. um, or The Call of Cthulhu. I remember listening to it on vinyl for the first time ever, like when I first heard it ever. I was like, this is a really long instrumental. I'm surprised. Yes. It's, it's just, it's a, it's, strange um but i will say though they did perform this album live from start to finish at one point i believe it was 2014 they did i, I first time i was looking up on their their stats or whatever on setlist.fm i think it's a good website and they played this album from if i'm not mistaken they played it from then the reverse order yeah kind of like kind of like what they do with the black album but like yep. they do it um it's so interesting man is last but like they did it uh, reverse order and they played Escape for the first time live on that show. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about that, but 
I, that that sounds right. I do remember that now that you're saying it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that also just side one being so heavily stacked. I think if you look at a lot of albums and a lot of artists from this time period, a lot of it side one or the, you know, even first half of the album tends to be stronger. I think that just goes along with the time period because back then you had to, get people's attention with the first few songs when you weren't able to just throw on Spotify or a digital track, pull out the song you want to do is significantly more difficult. And people actually listen to albums back then. So you're yeah. more likely to get people to hear the first, you know, four or five songs. Um, you know, again, great album front to back, like fantastic. Yeah. But it's just those two inside two that really kind of drag it down for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure when we get to instrumentals, we're, I mean, first it was anesthesia pulling teeth. Then it's the call of Cthulhu. And then when we get to master puppets in a second, I'd be like, Oh my God, Orion. It's mm. great, but we'll get to it. Um, but any other thoughts for uh, ride the lightning and all? Or are you good? I think I'm pretty good. I, I will just add that, you know, I loved anesthesia as an intro as an instrumental. I love instrumentals when they're, a decent length and are interesting. Yeah. In terms of what Metallica tends to do a lot, which we'll see as we go on and talk about more, they just sound like Metallica songs without vocals, which is exactly what they are. But many times they just feel like they go on and on. And eventually I find myself just being like, all right, we, we could wrap this up a little bit. Like it, it didn't need to be a nine minute instrumental. Um, that's about it on that. I mean, I, I, you know, I gotta tell you the truth. I think that, you know, I mean, I'm all for instrument. I mean, I love music as a whole. Like I love tons of different artists and tons, tons of different genres, but hearing like certain instrumentals, I agree with you. Like even for metal instrumentals, like on Metallica records, you know, it, it all depends on what you do with it. And I think what they did with anesthesia pulling teeth was great. But this was like a let's experiment, let's go longer, let's jam it out, and you know that's I mean it, it kind of get drawn out a little bit, and then to end the album on that note, you're like you know it's good, but you know you're like ah, but um but yeah, uh, where do you rank Ride the Lightning, my guy? I would put this kind of right in the middle. About uh you know it's it's a good album. It's probably their what I would consider their first iconic album. Uh, I would have to put it at number. Six six okay all right that's good i actually i put it one above you i put it number five personally okay that i so i'm slightly above you on there because i'm i do love it it's a overall it's still a great album mm-hmm. uh, overall still timeless classic metal songs but um if you had to ask me personally i put it at number number five so but that's me um uh, are you ready to talk about master master of puppets are you ready oh yeah Let's talk about Master of Puppets. <laughs> First off, let me just say the title gets you hooked and the album cover gets you hooked even more. Oh, yeah. Uh, fantastic record. I, what, what are your, some of your thoughts and takeaways from Master of Puppets before we get into the track listening? So I would say that this would be arguably the most iconic Metallica album, even more so than Black Album. I'm not talking about, you know, commercial success, anything like that. I'm talking about in terms of when you think Metallica, 
you think master of puppets you think this album cover everything about this album from the music itself to the cover to even the name master of puppets like you said it it's a great album name the title track is all the music on this album is fantastic but i think this really solidified metallica as a like thrash metal icon uh yeah, again, James, his voice getting even better and better with each album. They really dialed up the aggression on this one. And it works so well. Uh, you know, when you think about different genres of music and like their turning points into, I guess, what you could call like the mainstream this is kind of what put that thrash metal solidified its place in music history. Because if, if it ended with Ride the Lightning and Thrash never went anywhere after that, I don't think we would still see these, you know, the big four, these big bands today. But really this pushed it out there. And, you know, you still go into, uh, what's, a, what's a store in the mall these days? Hot Topic, Spencer's, any of those stores. You see the Master of Puppets album cover on a t-shirt to this day. And, you know, we're 1986 it you know decades later it still holds up as a like cultural musical uh masterpiece i actually had a master puppet t-shirt it's so funny you say so that. did i think <laughs> it's like it's it was amazing i'm like it's so funny you said that i was like oh my god i had one of those shirts too <laughs> yeah um it, I, overall i mean look i'm not gonna get into like my my the ranking the album yet, but overall i mean this to me personally, the what so you go from Kill 'em All in what 83, right? If I'm not mistaken, yep. or 80, 83. Yeah, 83. 83, 84. This is 86 now. They wait a little bit longer to make this record, which I like. Uh, another reason why I do love this record a lot, truthfully, is because the production quality on it is just that much better than the other two albums by far. I mean, it's not like and just for all our black black album level yet, but it's still it's it's sonically it's there mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. it it sounds great and even even without the remasters that they pump out uh it still sounds great the original recordings still sound great today can't really say the same about kill em all the production quality on that ride the lightning's a little bit better but master puppet you go back you listen to it any of the original recordings you're like oh yeah, a band could have released this like a year or two ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely I, to me personally, it set like the bar for like quality metal recordings. And we're gonna get into the track listing in one second, but I gotta tell you, the actual um, oh god, what do you call it? The um, the actual like sound of the record, they started to experiment around a little bit more with their sound in a sense, like with so with songs like Orion or Battery or even Welcome Home Sanitarium. I mean that I was listening. That's one of my favorite Metallica songs, truthfully. Welcome on Sanitarium. I love that track. But um, but I mean, I just gotta tell you, like this was, and also this was the album. I I'm behind the music. I think said this. I, I watched it not too long ago just to refresh my memory as well. This was the album that they toured, opening up for Ozzy Osbourne. But then after this, this was their last tour as a support act, and then they were able to tour by themselves. That's how popular they were, the growing popularity with them. Yeah. I, I I didn't I forgot about that. And also, just a fun fact about Metallica, th- and this was intriguing to me. 
without without the head of a radio single, like in the mid eighties, like without the head of a radio single, or even like a, a MTV at the time, they could sell out arenas like that. They before they were selling at, at, at arenas before MTV even heard of them. I don't know if you knew that, but that's like I found that out. I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, could MTV back in you know back, back in the day they weren't playing videos in this genre. You know, it, really, I don't think they had a mtv hit until the next album with one i think that was really their first you know music video yeah so i mean it's super impressive what this album did unfortunately their last album with cliff burton that's right you know but i would have loved to see what they could have done more with him i think he was a great musician in terms of the writing and overall contribution to the band but I mean, yeah. if if you got to pick an album to go out on and be remembered by it, you know, great one to do it on. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, really, people forget that Cliff Cliff Burton and he his and his birthday was like a couple of days ago on their Instagram. I saw it. I believe um, so. Yeah. Yeah. He the guy. If you go if you go back and listen to like some of the recordings on this album, the 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 first two as well. His bass playing is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was incredible but um let's get into the track listing shall we yep so i'm gonna read off the track listing for those who are listening and watching and whatnot um wow <laughs> battery master of puppets the thing that should not be welcome home sanitarium that's in a side one side two was disposable heroes uh leper messiah i think that's how you say it Leper, Leper Messiah, yep. and uh, Orion, which is another instrumental. I'm sure we'll get that in a second. And Damage Inc. First off, I got I got to just tell you right up front. I love like side one of this album. Side two, it, it falls a like a teeny bit short. I mean, I love Orion. I think Damage Inc. is great. Disposable Heroes, Disposable Heroes would be like an honorable mention, but um, I do love side one. Truthfully, um, where do, what do you think about? track listing and side one side two of master puppets oh man i full disclosure i love every song on here okay um i do too i'm just i'm just letting you know yeah. like my my least favorite again would be orion yeah uh i still i prefer it much over call of cthulhu mm-hmm. with that said i might have to give the slight edge to side one here just okay. because of those are like the four most iconic songs you'll think of when you think of this album with that said i disposable heroes is one of my top three on this album battery and master of puppets are the other two i love the aggression on this album and i think the aggression really shows more on side two i mean disposable heroes leper messiah and you know damage inc are probably three of the most aggressive songs that they have in their catalog in general and i think that uh side two is great and there's a distinct difference when i hear side one and side two because of that like thing that should not be in welcome home sanitarium are heavy in different ways like they're slow and they're more dark and that's great. I love every song on here, but I have to give the slight edge to side one. 
All right. I mean, I, I, like I said, I love all of it too. I mean, I, I would agree with you though. I, I do put side one over side two. I'm not saying side two is bad at all though. Mm-hmm. I mean, not at all. I mean, I think like personally, I like Orion. I was listening to it today. I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's, it's another uh, instrumental Metallica song. But uh, I mean, I mean, but like, I just gotta say though, having your title track as the second song in and having it eight minutes and 30, Six seconds long is ballsy, in my yeah. opinion. It, 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 it's so, it, but it's brilliant though at the same time. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be honest, I very often forget that Master of Puppets is over eight and a half minutes long because, and this thing that we talked about in the Van Halen uh video, yeah, when they when Metallica does a long song, it goes somewhere like it doesn't feel that long, and Master of Puppets. It's it is insanely rare for a band to have one of their biggest hits, if at all a hit, be over eight minutes long. You know, usually you're getting into risky territory, especially nowadays, if you have a song that's over five minutes long. But when you hear Master Puppets, you don't get bored of it. There's never a time in that song where I'm like, oh man, I wish this would end. It just right. it just feels like a normal song. I I agree with that, man. I completely agree with that. And it's like, it's definitely like, I, mean, I was listening to it, listening to it this morning and a while back as well. Cause I've, I've listened to Metallica until we decided to do this. But like, Master of Puppets, man, it's just, it, you're right though. It just, there's, there's some long songs. Like, I mean, this listening off got like Freebird or Stairway to Heaven. Like, those are long songs that were yeah. like huge hits or whatever. But, I mean, I, I to, no no offense to Leonard Skinner or Led Zeppelin, I I just get bored with them because probably because I've heard them so much. But yeah. Master Puppet so is brilliant, like it's a brilliant like well structured piece of music. Yeah, so one hundred percent. I mean, you're talking about the other two songs you just mentioned. Yeah, like Freebird. The first couple times you hear, it, you're like, wow, that that's impressive what they did there. And then you get like halfway through it on like subsequent listens, and you're like, all right, I'm done. I don't need to hear the rest of it now. Same thing, Stairway to Heaven. I pretty much turn it off every time now. It's just so overplayed. But I can hear Master of Puppets for forever. I've not gotten sick of it yet. And it's been years and years and years of hearing it over and over. And I can still put it on and it still feels fresh to me. I mean, it's a, it's, dare I say the word timeless? Yeah, it 100% is. And then, you know, and I will say about Orion. Uh, you mentioned how you like that. I listened to it earlier. That it's, I will say, it is probably my favorite Metallica instrumental. Okay. Uh, it is one that when it's on, I don't skip past it. Mm. And I think that also having it not be the album closer helps that because with Ride the Lightning, once Creeping Death was over, I could just turn it off and, you know, I'm done. But I'm listening to Master of Puppets. I generally listen to the whole album front to back. So when I hear Ryan, I was like, yeah, that's a nice little break. And it's cool. It actually, again, it goes somewhere. But the big question is, where does this rank amongst all of your metallic albums? All right. Potentially controversial here. Number three. Really? Yes. Yep. No freaking way. Same here, buddy. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's for all the reasons we said. Like it, it's it's production was incredible. Mm-hmm. It's it still sounds menacing. 
mm-hmm. it still sounds incredible. Like it, it, it's just and the title track and like the the by the opening album battery. It starts off with acoustic guitar, kind of like what uh, Fight Fire with Fire or Fade to Black does. But yep. like it just and then it it gets you me like they just go from acoustic to like, bam, and it's awesome. So yeah, this is my number three as well. How about that? That's crazy. I thought for sure it would have been like number one or two for you. No, no, I mean, I'll, we'll get to those when we get there, but I got to tell you like this, this was, I, I do love this album. I mean, the t-shirts, the, the, the artwork, you know, we can talk about this all day, every day. I think this is a great album in general. So it's just, it's fantastic. So, all right, well, let's go over to a long album they're for and justice for all kyle rank for you what is that i was was saying what are your thoughts on injustice for all all right and justice for all i love this album too uh Mm -hmm. i'll start off by saying that i used to have Back in high school, it was. I used to have a pair of Converse. I still have them. It's a pair of Converse. They're Metallica shoes that has the album cover on the sides of both of them. Oh, wow. So I love this album uh, quite a bit. With that said, it's not as good as Master of Puppets. Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to the production for me. You know, it, this point has been hammered into the ground by so many people so many times. But the lack of any audible bass on this album is a travesty. I mean, Jason Newstead is a great bass player. You know, it, and even if he's not Cliff Burton, just there was no reason for there to be such a lack of bass on it. And they've given so many excuses throughout the years for it. And so you never fully know what to believe about it first someone said though they were hazing the new guy which is pretty dumb reason when you're releasing an album as a way to haze someone but then you heard it. there are so many different things that they've said over time so i'm not going to hammer that into the ground but that does hurt it in my eyes um some parts do feel a little tin canny because of that um but there's some great songs on here for the first album without a major contributor to the band and you know it's great i think it's just as uh, aggressive in a slightly different way as master of puppets and man i I also will say this is the third album cover in a row that's just an iconic album cover three great covers in a row i mean from ride the lightning to master puppets to injustice and justice for all the um cover is killer it's mm-hmm. like it just scre- like it screams i'm gonna blow your ears off <laughs> like like no doubt about it um my personal opinion of this album and i'm i'm, I'm we're doing this live we're recording it as well i mean in general generally speaking this was their first top 40 album on the billboard 200 it peaked at number six in 1988 i found that out and I got aside from all the charts, the chart stuff, and having one being like a hit single, truthfully, with the radio edit of it. Yep. I mean, that is my my, my favorite Metallica song is one. Truthfully, I love one. It is to me, it's incredible. 
and as well as other stuff on this track or two. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the only legit logistical thing that I've heard about with the bass playing and, and how it's turned down is that I thought it was to honor Cliff Burton's death, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there has been multiple things that they've said throughout the years for the reasoning for it. That was one of them that was said. Uh, another one was that they were hazing Jason Newstead for being his first album. And there were, there was some other things in there too. I don't remember. One was just saying that they thought that was their, uh, just their idea. Uh, they thought it would sound cool or whatever. There's been so many things. So you never know what to believe on it. But uh, even in what I found interesting was when they reissued the albums and like remastered it, they didn't really fix that. And I thought that's something that they would have done. So maybe they do legitimately just like how it came out and sounded. Who knows? Again, it really doesn't drag the album down that much, in my opinion. I mean, I, I still I think it's still like a like fantastic record overall, though. I think it's yes. I mean, it, it's it's a brilliant record. I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it deserves whatever it got back in the, in the late 80s. And by the way, I'm just, for those of you who are wondering. In. It says it's recorded from January 28th to May 1st. They did this in five months, literally under four, really, if you think about it. They really just plowed through and made a really long record. Yeah. Crazy. Um, But uh, overall, I do love this record. I think it is a a, a work of art, masterpiece, whatever you want to call it. I love it. They they have never been more aggressive than they uh, but let's get down to the track listing and then we'll rank this sucker. Hold on, let's see. Uh, where is it? So the track listing is as follows. Only nine songs this time. The first was eight of each uh, record. If, oh no, the Kill Them All had 10, right? I forget. Or Kill Them All had 10 and the other two had eight. Oh. Okay, so there's nine songs in here and I believe, I believe To Live Is To Die is a... Um, uh, it's a instrumental too, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Except for like one word that they say in it. Yes, that's correct. So it's like it's like a song with only like ten words or whatever it is. Yeah, so it, the only song with uh, Cliff Burton credited as well. Right, right, right. Um, Blackened and Justice for All, Eye of the Beholder, One, The Shortest Straw, Harvester of Sorrow. The Freight Ends of Sanity, To Live Is To Die, and Dyer's Eve. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What's your take on this track listing? What are some of your favorite songs? All right. So for me, my top three, Blackened, One, and The Shortest Straw. I've always okay. loved The Shortest Straw. That's a little bit of a deeper cut from there. Uh, yeah. It was very close between that one and Justice for All, which again, and Justice for All, another song like Master of Puppets, where it's even longer than Master of Puppets. It's near 10 yeah. minutes long, but it doesn't feel like it. And that just it goes to show what brilliant songwriters that they are, that they can make a song that long and not have it feel its length. But in terms of the track listing overall, they kind of, it definitely in my eyes is like front loaded. We got 
blackened and justice for all eye of the beholder one you know shortest straw and harvester of sorrow and then the last three to me i'm just i kind of fall off you know afraid ends of sanity they're not bad songs okay they just don't really catch my attention as much i think it it loses steam a little a little more than halfway through okay yeah um and to live is to die any thoughts on that or dire Eve? nothing on it uh to live is to die uh to me again way it's definitely way too long i think it doesn't change enough throughout the song uh something that you know they did well with orion and then they went back to you know just i don't know it just doesn't feel like it goes anywhere really uh dyer's eve it's good um not really much i think they're, those are kind of filler in my eyes my least favorite other than to live is to die i'd have to give to eye the beholder actually okay yeah that makes sense. Uh, and in hindsight you know looking back from their later work the lyrics come off kind of cringy and were done much better on uh don't tread on me on the black mm-hmm. album they're very similar songs but don't tread on me it was like oh, all right this is a significantly better version of what they were going for here right okay um for me personally i mean i i, I listened to this album from start to finish like today you know in preparation for tonight and what we're talking about right now and i gotta tell you the opening blackened like the moment you hear it you're like Holy crap. They can really they, they forget aggressiveness. They are like mad at this point. They are so pissed and they take it out through guitars, which is awesome. Um, I love blackened. I think it's a great opener for their encores. It shows truthfully. I haven't seen them live, but I've looked at their sets. I think that's a perfect like encore opener for that. That's me. But um, uh, and, and justice for all. Yes, it's nine minutes and 46 seconds long for a song. And there's a lot of there's still it's just a long song with long instrumentals in it and whatnot. Either beholder, it's probably the weakest I shouldn't say we, so I, I still like it, but it's not like it doesn't hold up for me. It's like Harvest of Sorrow or One Does. Yeah, I mean, there's no song on here. When I say like a least favorite, there's no song. on. There's no song that's bad on this album. Like there's nothing oh, yeah. on this album that I'd be like, oh, I got to skip that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really I skip. I mean, it's funny. The only one I, I skip from time to time is to live is to die. That's really the only one I, I skip from time to time. But I mean, overall, I still like it. But um, that's me. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't want to just say real quick about this album. It yeah, not just this album, every album that they've done up to this point. Um, and I think it continued after this as well. But really, they were able to maintain that classic sound of theirs, but improve upon it with each album. Yeah. And that shows in this one as well. Like the songwriting just keeps getting better and better and you know, more intricate over time. And I think this album was kind of the peak of like the intricate songs in a way. Um, It does get a little more simplistic after here, but we'll get into that. But yeah, I think that, you know, they managed to maintain their classic sound, but still tweak it in a way that made it different and give it its own persona. Yeah, I I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Um, but the big question is, where does it rank amongst your favorite Metallica records? And where does it rank for you overall? Mm-hmm. Number five. Interesting. Put it uh, just override the lightning. I don't okay. think it was as good as Master of Puppets. 
And uh, it, definitely a great album. I come back to it very frequently, especially songs like One. I just think that there is a little more filler than usual, but the great songs on here are absolutely incredible. Oh yeah, no, I think I think that when they stepped into the studio, they knew what they wanted out of it and whatnot. Yeah. And I think over, overall, it's a Stone Cold classic metal album. Um, I wish there, and it's funny. I, I remember so clearly. I was watching, like I said, behind the music from Metallic on YouTube, whatever I was, was streaming it, whatever. And they they didn't really go in depth with this album. They went in more in depth with the next album, the Black album. But we'll get to that in a second. But they kind of like skipped over this record a little bit. They said, "Oh, they they said after Cliff Burton's death, they made this album, and then they, that was it." So it, it, on my own time, I went back and I listened to it from start to finish several times. I thought, "Oh my god, they can really do anything." Truthfully. I put this at my number one. Number one. I think I'm crazy. Interesting. Already. Yeah. Because I know. Which, because to me personally, when I think of Metallica, I mean, I was thinking, I think of heavy guitars. I think mm. of like uh, aggressive lyrics to, uh, to some extent. Yes. But like, well, later stuff, not really to an extent. But like when I think of Metallica, I just think of hard hitting guitar. And truthfully, I, I think of longer songs like injustice for all like the title track i love it <laughs> i yes. listen to it from start to finish all the time all 10 minutes of it it's crazy um one though is a fantastic song and when they did the radio cut of it and that hit the top 40 for them and it kind of opened the floodgates even more for them um not as much as the black album but still i j- this is my number one a uh, full disclosure i mean you said number five i said number one that's yeah. where i'm at but uh well- I also want to say about one. Yeah. The bridge in one is one of the best bridges to a song ever written. Yes. The way it kicks into that is absolutely incredible. There, there's nothing like it. It's one of the best moments, in my opinion, in metal music in general. I second that notion 100%, my guy. 100%. It's just, it's just that incredible of a, of a song in general it's one of the best well i think it's one of the best hard rock metal songs ever truthfully i would agree um but that's me so but so that's my number one your number five let's jump over to our next album which is broke them so far so far into the mainstream and enter salmon is not really overplayed but we'll talk about it the black album from 1991 kyle talk to me what, what, what do you love about this album <laughs> everything Everything about this album is perfect. This is actually one of my top five albums of all time. Damn. Uh, it's wow. very nostalgic for me. I used to listen to this. I remember as a kid um, in my dad's car, he, would have, he had the CD, which I still have it right over there. Um, listen to it all the time. Every song on it, even as a kid, I'm talking like elementary school, one of the first artist one of the first albums i ever really liked um as a kid and every song man talk about like an album full of hits every single song there's not a bad song on this album the weakest song on this album is better than most bands best songs Uh, (laughs) the production quality of this you know bob rock absolutely incredible untouchable in terms of metal production in my eyes um peak metallica 
absolutely peak Metallica. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, my overall impression, I love the record as well. It is, it is I'm going to say, go so, go so far as to say it's a sexy album. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. dude. I love this record too. Not as much as Injustice for All, of course, because I put that number one. But I do love this record quite a bit. And it's funny, you're the, you're the person who actually recommended it to me to say, oh, just listen to it from start to finish. Because I only had heard like, Enter Sandman, The Unforgiven, the singles that were released. And I was like, oh, wait. And I went back after you told me to listen to it from start to finish because the quality of it. And I was like, all right, well, let me, let me see what I can do. And sure enough, I was like, holy crap, this is a great record. This is fan-freaking-tastic. It's, it's such a good album. For, it groove, like the groove to the album is so like flawless. It's amazing. Uh, you know, whatever they hit making this album it's gold and people can say all they want oh oh oh, they sold out they sold out no they didn't it's a great album it's still a metal album this is not where they hit their hard rock phase yet as much as people try to say it is it's not people are just upset that their favorite metal bands went got mainstream famous it's a great album super it is and it's super commercial too yeah, I mean, you know, the rumor is, and I, I don't know how much truth there is to it. He's never really given it a full answer. But Jason Newstead, the rumor is that he still is able to live off of the royalties from this album to this day because it still sells that well. And honestly, I don't doubt That's it. Funny. The album still pops up in the charts every so often because it still sells like crazy. Yeah, I mean... I was looking at we're on Wikipedia for this. It's 16 times platinum in the United States. That's insane. That's crazy. And uh, and and they did a whole yeah, and they did a whole tour of it as well. Yep. Back in um, the they uh, they did a whole like reverse album. Uh, and they did live recently too, if I'm not mistaken as well. But uh, but honestly, it's it is fantastic. It's a fantastic record. Let's get into the track listing, shall we? Enter Sandman. I love saying that name. And anyways, sad but true. Hol- uh, hol- holier than that? Is that what it is? Holier? Yes. Okay. Because I, I thought it was holier for some reason. Anyways, holier than thou. The Unforgiven. Wherever I may roam, don't tread on me. Through the never, nothing else matters. Of wolf and man, the God that failed, my friend of misery and the, sm- the struggle within. I'm letting you go first. <laughs> Right. So this album, I will say, is when I think uh, James Hetfield really came into his own fully as a vocalist. His vocals on this album, I think, is when he truly perfected his singing voice. And I think that's shown that it's pretty much from here on out, the same kind of vocal stylings. And it works for him. It works great. It's really the first time he kind of, eh, there's like on fade to black. But he doesn't like sing very often until this album. Like, there's a lot of like the metal vocals and stuff. Uh, I think even Dave Mustaine said about The Unforgiven uh, years later, he's like, oh, that was the first time I actually heard James truly sing. And it's he's not wrong. But I will say my top three, which is like trying to pick a favorite child. 
like picking a top three from this album is incredibly hard, but I had to give it to Sad But True, The Unforgiven, and Don't Tread On Me. I know a lot of people have problems with Don't Tread On Me for whatever reason. I, I think it's a great, like, pumped up song. It's awesome. But I had to, it's very close. The God That Failed is a very close fourth. Love that song. What I really appreciate about this album, too, is that if you look at these songs, none of them are, like, crazy long, which, you know, Metallica long songs are always great. But on here, they were like, you know, we don't need to make the songs that long. We have a great song here. We're just going to cap it at that. And it works for every song. Uh, I can't even pick if there's a better half on here because every song is just so good. Well, uh, we're in the same boat on here, not specifically with the songs, but I do agree with you by saying like, there's this, it's hard to pick like a top five. I mean, I'm going to just echo some of my favorites. I mean, enter Sandman. I mean, who doesn't love and know that? Um, sad but true. I'm going to say that. Uh, if, we're, if, we're, if we take Enter Sandman out of it, though, because it's still a classic song and whatnot. But I'm going to say Sad but true. I'm going to say Wherever I May Roam. Um, I'm going to say Don't Tread on Me as well, actually. Now that I think about it. Like, I, I, I didn't. The more I think about it, I'm like, that's just a great song. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give an honorable mention to nothing else matters because I don't know if you knew this. Metallica was on Howard Stern back in, I think it was when they were promoting the the reissue of the Black Album, the 30th anniversary thing, last year, mm-hmm. in 2021, and they had I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Elton John was on and he said that nothing else matters. Ears uh, nodding your head. Yep. Nothing else matters was one of the best songs ever written. In general, and that's Elton John saying that. That's pretty yeah, crazy. I remember that made uh, James Hetfield tear up, which I don't blame him. Uh, I believe Elton John even did a cover of it with uh, Miley Cyrus uh, for the reissue of it. It was yeah. pretty good. I'm not a big Miley fan. Uh, kind of wish it was just Elton John and having Elton John's vocals on. I think that would have been amazing. But nothing else matters okay. is really their first ballad it it's something that you know they would do in other and the unforgiven too but this is really when they first started the we can make a ballad we don't just have to be the aggressive metal band if we want to write a song like this we're going to do it and they show that they can do it very well and the intro of nothing else matters is so simplistic like there's nothing crazy going on. It's just simplistic. And pretty much the whole song is pretty simplistic, but that intro, it's an iconic intro and it's really just open guitar notes. It's just four open strings. I mean, I, there's a lot going through my mind right now, <laughs> but I, I got to agree with you. I mean, nothing else matters is one of those tracks. Like once you hear it, you know exactly who sings it, you know, the band, you know, everything about it. And it's, Truthfully, it's, it's one of their most popular. I think it's their second most popular song on Spotify, if I'm not mistaken. I um, so. Enter Sandman. I just gotta just give it, give a shout out to Enter Sandman for a sec. Enter Sandman has eight hundred and eight hundred and I think eight hundred eighty 
million streams on Spotify. A hardcore, like, heavy metal song, and it's close to a billion streams? This is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it still gets played at sporting events, you know, all the time. It gets played everywhere. It's a massive song, and for good reason. I think that's a perfect album opener and perfect introduction to, like, this era of the band. I mean, I... I completely agree. I, I I love it. I mean, sad but true is like there's not a bad song on this record. I I completely agree with you on that. And there are some incredible songs on here that are once again timeless. Um, and I I got to tell you, like they, if I'm not mistaken, when before Spotify made this stupid decision of taking the notes off of the songs. Like, yeah. like this, you know, I'm like, come on, come on, put them back on. But anyways, um, because one of the things they said was that this debuted at number one on the Billboard. There was his first number one on the Billboard 200, their first album, and it stayed there for four, I think, consecutive weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Like a whole month, it was the number one album in the country. Yeah, I think the funny thing about that was, I think Megadeth's Symphony for Destruction album came out around the same time, and they ended up. I believe being number two, being beat out by this album, if I'm remembering correctly. So that, you know, what a slap in the face to Megadeth. Yeah, take that, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> take that. He's like laughing at him. Um, anyways, poor guy. I mean, but I mean, but the question is, I know the poor guy. The question is though, where does this rank as your Metallica. I think I know what it is, but I, I'm oh, I mean, number one. What is this number, rank your Metallica albums? Number one, easily. <laughs> I knew it. Number one. It, it's easily a top five it. album of all time for, for me. I might even put it number four yeah. of all time. What about big words? Well, listen, I'm not going to disappoint you because I truthfully. I said Injustice for All is my number one, and that may have shocked you. This is my number two, if that makes you happy. All right. All right. Yeah. I, no, yeah. it's my number 12. It's the one it first the album ever made. <laughs> hey, there's some people that will say it's just, that. It's so overrated and it's so commercial. Whatever. It's a great album. It's my number two. That's something I never understood about people when they say, oh, it's too commercial. They want commercial. Who cares? The music's good. Who cares? Who cares if everyone is a fan exactly. of the band? Wouldn't you want? one of your favorite bands to be successful so they can make a living and keep making music. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand people's logic. This album was not a sellout album. And even if it was, it's a good thing. And it's great. You're you and I are on the same page on this. It is a brilliant record. And overall it stood, stands the test of time as well. Mm. Metallica love to see it. Um, Let's get into now. They waited five years to make their next record. I was I was in shock when I did a research on this. But load in nineteen nine. My own take on what is your take personally on load from nineteen ninety six? So I, I this one's tough for me. Again, Bob Rock returning to produce. He does great work. I have no problems with production quality on this album at all or any of their following albums for that matter, um, with the exception of one that we'll get into later. But yeah. this, this is a tough one for me because as a kid, I don't know why, but as a kid in high school, 
I liked this album a lot. But then when I went back to it for this video, I actually listened to it like two times front to back because the first time I listened to it, I was like, I don't really like this album. This isn't very good. What was I thinking? <laughs> so I listened to it a second time and thought the exact same thing again. And I was like, maybe I was just like a super, you know, super Metallica fan back in the day and didn't want to admit that there was an album that I didn't really like. But it's, and my reasoning for not liking it is probably different than other people, which and a lot of people were like, oh, they're not thrash anymore. They don't, they cut their hair, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff back in the day. It, the sound change isn't the problem for me. It's just, I don't think the songwriting was there with this. Oh, that it, crap, yeah. It has a lot of like Southern rock and like blues influence to it, which not a bad thing. I think the album's way too long for what it is. Don't get me wrong. There's there's like a handful of songs that I think are really good. Actually, one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time comes from this album. But it was just a weird, weird choice for the band at this point in their career after the Black album was so successful. And even they didn't even do what like um, Motley Crue or Van Halen were doing at this time period in their careers where like they're trying to go like the grungy alternative rock route they went in like blues yeah. southern rock style which was weird it wasn't what was popular uh, i see why people didn't like it um overall not great i it has one of my favorite metallic songs of all time but other than that it, only a handful of songs i come back to and then the rest i kind of forget exist See, the thing about Load for me personally is, I mean, it was a big departure from the Black. Yeah. Which was five years before. And like, I know I've seen some people like, oh, they cut it. The music is music. Your personality and your outlook is one thing. To be honest, I mean, it, 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 it's also a long album. It's 79 minutes long. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pull up the track and see how many songs are on here too there's only there's 14 songs so one thing that I, I, they stuck to their thing about james hatfield's writing all the lyrics and all the music is by hatfield and lars except with kirk hammett coming into some player here and there i mean there are some songs i do like on here i i, I personally i really like king nothing i like until it sleeps mm-hmm. i mean i like it's a really deep cut, but I do like the outlaw tour. And I think it's, it's long, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really, to be honest, like, and that's really it. I mean, going from such a commercial, like success, incredible album with the black album. And then going to this, you're like, well, what's going on? Why is Metallica doing this? Why is my band doing that? You know, um, it's just funny. I want to just point something. Out. I don't know if you've ever heard James Hatfield talk about this album and, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, load. load and reload yeah yep. uh, he said t- to quote him I'm just you know some people this pisses people off that I even say this band name but he says quote we went through the U2 phase of making these two records I'm like well and, and what is what 
referring to is in the in the 90s yes you two but like they, they definitely went through that phase as well and i think metallica went through that that u2 90s phase as well they didn't copy grunge though which thank god but yeah uh, yeah i mean grunge was being way overdone at the time totally i mean like it's like van halen kiss even did it with uh yep. was it carnival of souls i'll hear that yep i forgot about that one yeah let's not even talk about that no. <laughs> or or even uh van halen, van halen three for that matter <laughs> um i mean yeah let's not but honestly there are probably at least three or four songs i like on this album personally I mean, is it my favorite yeah. no but we'll, we'll, we'll get to where we rank it a little bit let's just get into the track listing shall we yeah ain't my bitch two by four uh the house jack built shout out to your dog uh until it <laughs> sleeps um King Nothing, Hero of the Day, Bleeding Me, uh, Cure, Poor Twisted Me, Wasting My Hate, Mama Said, Thorn Thorn Within, Ronnie, and The Outlet Torn. I mean, out of all of them, me, me personally, King Nothing, Until It Sleeps, Hero of the Day, and just because, you know, it's long and I like, I typically like long songs, Outlaw Torn, I think it's, you know, honorable mention, but, you know, those two, three or four. What, what about you? Yes, I mean, we pretty much uh, agree on most of that. For me, okay. uh, Ain't My Bitch, Mama Said, and King Nothing are my top three from this. Uh, I like Mama Said a lot. Uh, it's a nice, you know, ballad going on. King Nothing is potentially my favorite Metallica song of all time. Um, really? Yes, I love King Nothing. I always have. The lyrics are great. Everything about it, I really like and uh actually back when like back xbox 360 days back in like middle school high school made like my xbox name after king nothing so i mean it, huge fan of that song and i guess that's another reason i didn't want to admit that this is a bad album back in the day because like how could my favorite song be on a bad album but two by four i'd have to give a big honorable mention to it almost hits the top three but one thing about this album is ain't my bitch and two by four are two great songs and they sound different so when it first kicks on the album it's like oh it's different but it's still good and then the house jack built comes on and they just lose me completely on that song that is one of my least favorites on the album that's like a low point i'm actually not a fan of hero of the day uh bleeding me is also way too long and not a song that i like i skip it every time if you know if i don't need to listen to it i skip it every time and uh poor twisted me i also really don't like it's just weird choices stylistically throughout these songs that i think that this album has it starts off pretty good. Really, in the first five songs, the only one I don't like is The House Jack Built. But then after that, it has a weird phase in the middle from like Hero of the Day to uh, Wasting My Hate that I, I don't really like any of those songs, you know, personally. And the last four, are, they're pretty good. Um, Mama Said I Love, and then the other three, I wouldn't skip if they come on. But um, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, the guitar is very interesting. 
I like that it's different. I like that they made it interesting. Um, that was never an issue. Lars, he's never been the best drummer. He does, you know, he plays to the song. There's nothing wrong with that. But man, the drums on almost every song on this album sound the same. It's like, change it up a little bit. It, it was driving me nuts because it's such a long album to have such similar drum patterns throughout the entire thing. But yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. I, I was not overly blown away with this. I was actually kind of disappointed going back, listening to it after so long. And now I guess I know how people felt in real time when this came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it still debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. I mean, solidifying Metallica as a major chart force, of course. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I, outside of the ones we talked about, the songs we mentioned, that's really it. I mean, I don't, I really don't have anything else to say about them. Um, but the question is, where do these, where does this album rank for you amongst your 12 Metallica albums? Well, it's not last but it's number 10. Okay. All right. I mean, hey, that at least is better than... So wait, I'm, I'm curious where you put Lulu. Just wondering. <laughs> we'll find we'll out. We'll get that when we get there. But um, yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. I'm excited either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, overall, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different taste, a different turn. Like I said, and James Taffield's on record and said this is this is the U2 phase of the 90s where the Metallica took a different turn and you know he said that a couple years ago I think actually uh, interesting album overall but it's never not my favorite I would put it like slightly what did you say number 10 right I put mine at 10 yeah okay I'm putting this one number 8 only because yeah. and there are some good songs on there that hold up stronger to me than others but like so, some of it does fall flat I do like it overall like eh, overall, but not like it's, I would not listen to it on a daily basis. You know what I mean? But that's yes. me. That, that's my number eight. Let's see the following year. They release reload. Let's look at reload. Shall we? Which I want to just, uh, I, I want to just say right off the bat. I mean, the opening of reload is fuel and fuel is a badass song. It is mm-hmm. just that good. Like, what, what, what is your take on Reload, my guy? All right. So with everything I just said about Load, this is going to be interesting. But I love Reload. This album is so good. There's not a single bad song on here. Now, one thing that I, I'm a big proponent of this when I listen to music and, you know, bands, albums. Sometimes you have to take an artist's name away from an album because even this album, a lot of people gave a lot of hate to because, oh, this isn't a metallic album. It's a hard rock album. This is not a metal album. If you go into this looking for thrash metal, you're not going to find it. It's a hard rock album. If any other hard rock band, slightly heavier hard rock band, I should say, put out this album, People would have loved it. They would have eaten it up. But it has the Metallica name on it, so people weren't expecting that. So, for me, I love this album. It, it, it is so much better than Load. I don't know how they 
did this coming from load i just don't understand uh if all the songs were written at the same time i don't honestly i don't know the timeline of when things were written and recorded if it was all at once and they waited or if they released load then wrote something afterwards but man the quality shift is so big that i you know and again last last um album with this lineup and again same kind of thing i said with cliff burton if it was their you know time unfortunately his way of leaving the band was tragic and awful but this is jason newstead's last album with the band that you know you know last original album because garage inc was there afterwards but i mean so be it i mean this is a great great album the songwriting is good the lyrics were awesome the the ballads on it were some of the best they've ever done i personally to me this is what should have followed the black album I agree and i that. think that if load didn't come first this album would have been much more well received yeah, the thing is, we're we're pretty much on the same page as that as well. Um, as far as like how I I actually I didn't I never thought of it that way. I really wish they put out. I really wish load, and then reload. They they just switched them both so that way it was coming off of the black album. Anyways, it might have had more momentum, more success. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I am I am happy with what we got. Truthfully, I think that this album from start to finish is really fun. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, is it a thrash metal? No. Is it hard rock? Yeah. I mean, do I think it's one of their best? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But but I do I do love this record quite a bit as well. I agree with you on a lot of the points you said there. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get down to the track listing, shall we? Let's see. So, oh my God, I just love saying the name of it. Fuel, the memory remains. Oh, so good. Devil's Dance, uh, the Unforgiven Two, which I want to touch on in a second as well. Better than you. Uh, Slither, Carp Dem, ba- Car- Carp Dem Baby, Am Carpe Diem. Carpe Diem. Oh, okay. Carp Danny. I can't say it right. But um, Bad Seed. Where the wild things are. Prince Charming. Low Man. Can I go first? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me double shot. Is that Woo-hoo! that is? I, I listen, I, I listen to a crap load of albums. Some of them start off terrible. This is one of my favorite album openers, aside like neck and neck with Enter Sandman of any band ever, any artist ever. One of the best album openers ever with fuel. I love the track. <sighs> the memory remains, and I, I was listening to the memory, the memory remains today as well before like we started our stream tonight. And I did not realize that it had a featuring vocal in there. It doesn't say it on Spotify. Yes. Uh, no, great it's not track. Listed in, uh, it's not listed on the back of the album either. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, I, I completely forgot that. I was like, wait, what? There's another. I forgot there was another singer. Devil's Dance. I mean, I know it's good as well. Unforgiven too. It's end, I, what I love that Metallica has done though with the Unforgiven songs. We'll get to when we get to uh, Death Magnetic. We'll get to that as well. But the Unforgiven, it's like a story of songs throughout each song. Like, they start with 1991, 1997, and 2008, if I'm not mistaken. And I love the fact that they were able to like tie a thread of songs together through like 
literally but two decades of music. I, I love that. I love that personally. Better than you. Fantastic. And the rest of the album, I mean, Slither, I can't, I'm going to butcher it again. Carpton baby or whatever. I can't say it. <laughs> um, Bad Seed, where the wild things are. Uh, I was going to skip right ahead to it. Fixer. I mean, I was listening to it earlier today. I was like, and, and they played it for the first time live recently too. Yes. Shame that I know, didn't get played more. I know it's, it's, it's so good. Um, what about you? What about, uh, wh- wh- where does reload track listening? What does it all mean to you? What do you got? I completely agree with you on fuel. That is an iconic album opener. One of the best of all time. Uh, having said that, Top three for me, Fuel, The Memory Remains, and interchangeably, either Low Man's Lyric or Fixer. Those are both okay. uh, great. Sometimes I, depending on the day, I I, re- I love Low Man's Lyric, but, you know, no pun intended, but lyrically, I think it's some of their strongest work. Um, you know, Unforgiven 2. When a band puts out a part two to one of their songs, I'm always skeptical because part two, it, it's never, it's very rarely good, I should say. Uh, Bullfry Valentine did it with Tears Don't Fall part two, you know, I was going to say a few years ago, but it was more than that now. And that was a huge letdown. That was, it's terrible. Most part twos to songs are not good, but The Unforgiven 2 is fantastic. And they find a way not only, you know, story-wise, you know, songwriting-wise, musically, it has callbacks throughout the song to the original that work very well. And then again, you know, like, Better Than You, it's great. Slither, I mean, like, all these are some, like, top-notch songwriting, great songs. Again, they're not metal songs. These are very much hard rock songs. So if you're a fan of hard rock, you're going to love this album. If you're not, if you're a fan of like thrash metal and nothing but thrash metal, yeah, you're probably not going to like anything other than maybe Fuel. And, you know, even that still airs on the side of more hard rock. To me, the only song that I put lower than the rest, I'd say most of them are pretty equal in my eyes, Where the Wild Things Are doesn't stack up as well to the rest. But it's still a great song. They, they, I have no problem with. It. I still like it a lot. It's just compared to the rest of them, doesn't hold up as well. Attitude is awesome. It's a fun song, and that's the thing with this album. When I listen to it, there's a lot of fun songs on here that are just fun to listen to. Fuel, Devil's Dance, Attitude. It's great. It's something that you don't really get from Metallica very much, but uh, when when you do, it's great. So I, I would have to say it's a pretty perfect track listing for me. But the question is, where does it rank amongst your Metallica mm-hmm. records? Uh, quite possibly my most um, controversial choice here. Number two. Number two. Sing. You might, this is a part like where we might get like we might disagree on a lot of stuff, but I'm gonna I'm actually gonna put a little bit low. You said you said number two, right? I said number two. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, I put it a little, not as 
as low as you thought it was. I put it number six as well. Okay. A couple more above. Um, like I, I put like I, I do like this one quite a bit. Out of like the '90s Metallica, this is the one that shines the most to me, mm-hmm. um, personally. So, but I, I put this at number six. So that's that's where I'm at with that. That's um, fair. Are you ready? That's to where I would it? expect most people to put it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not, it's not in the middle of the road. I still love it quite a bit. I'm just like you know, it's not like do I, do I go back to this one all the time? Yeah, I, sometimes I might, but not, not all the time. But just because it does a little bit, I still like it. Uh, let's go to Garage Inc. Correct. Yep. Okay. Full disclosure. I did not know this was even a thing until we talked about it. The, the, okay. So, so here, here, bear, bear, bear with me though. This album, uh, I don't know a lot about it, so I put it lower than you might think, only because I was not familiar with it at all until we talked about it before we started our show tonight. Okay, so I'll take it away from here then for it. Yeah. This is mostly i mean it is a compilation really of uh covers you know b-sides it's all covers the entire thing it's great no one does covers quite like metallica does covers and some of their you know huge hits have come from this um you know it's great it is what it is though it's a two disc compilation of covers um, I always count it as an album personally. Uh, I kind of write in there with the nineties Metallica albums, Jason Newstead played on all of it. Uh, you know, that's really all to say about it. Um, yeah, we could get right into the track listing from there unless you have anything to add. I mean, I, didn't Stone Cold Crazy come out of this? Yes. The Queen cover? Okay. Yep. And I do know one thing. All right. That's fine. Um, and you, you definitely know some of them more because I mean, for me, uh, both discs are actually pretty well balanced. Um, Turn the Page is a song that, you know, I think Metallica took that. Yes. Bob Iconic Seger, cover. Personally, I like it much more than the original. And I like the original too. But they really made that their own. Die, Die, My Darling, uh, you know, Misfit song. We get some of that old Metallica that we heard back in, uh, you know, like reminiscent of like Motor Breath from Kill 'Em All. My prob another top five Metallica song for me, Merciful Fate. It's a medley of a bunch of songs by Merciful Fate, you know, King Diamond's band. It is 11 minutes and it does not feel like it at all. It goes through so many different parts. It's so good. Whiskey in the Jar, another big hit for them. Uh, that is a like traditional folk song. They personally have my favorite version of it. Brian Adams did a version of it a couple of years ago, too. I remember that, yep. Much prefer Metallica's. Brian Adams did a good job, too, and Thin Lizzy's version is also good. Tuesday's Gone, in my opinion, they did that better than Skinner did, and I love the original as well. But there's a lot of filler on this. There is a lot of filler that can just be straight skipped. I mean, for example, um, it's electric. Don't need to hear it. Uh, The Black Sabbath song, nah, don't really need it. The More I See is not very good. I mean, then there's more on disc two. 
Uh, we can get into that one. Here we go. So this is the um, disc two on this was like the more compilation and B-sides things that they had going on from back in the day. These were all previously released. There's some good stuff in here. I mean, Last Caress, Green Hell, that's always one of my favorite Metallica covers. Am I Evil? They did that really well. kind of made that their own. Stone Cold Crazy, like you mentioned, they did great with that. The Queen version is good, too. So yes. What is a standout to me. Incredibly inappropriate song, but amazing. Highly recommend checking that one out. But other than that, Disc 1 is probably the better of the two. The rest of it, I don't really come back too much. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check this out because when I... I was gonna say when, when I when I when I, when I look up some of their set lists, I'm like, wait, why are they covering songs? Like, and then now I know why that they're covering certain songs. Like, Am I evil? Or, yeah, their their cover of Am I like Evil that, is so. yeah, amazing. It's really good. Uh, I would say if you took the really good songs from this and just made one disc, just one album with that, it would have been much better, in my opinion. Now I understand that it was a compilation so there's no point in doing that they want you to get all these out in a more widely available set uh yeah you know and there, there's some interesting ones in there too that are more like deep cuts but i think like the the really big ones that i mentioned are the ones i think that they excel at so when i ranked this one in my ranking i tried to be fair considering they're they are covers you know what i mean yeah. it's not yeah. They didn't write these. I will say Lover Man is one of the worst things I've heard them put out up until this point. Terrible. But that's that. I would put this honestly because of... All right. The I mean, audience. where does it... Uh... Yeah, I, I would put this in number eight, actually right above Kill Em All for me just because while there is filler on it the yeah. highs of this has some of my favorite things that they've ever done i mean merciful fate whiskey in the jar turn the page so what uh stone cold crazy the highs of it are just really outweigh the large amount of filler and i i'd have to put above kill them all all right I mean, uh, only because I, I'm not, I wasn't sure if we were going to include it or not. I mean, I, I put it at number 11 just because I was not aware of it, truthfully. I mean, like when I think of Metallica, I don't think of this. There's, it's a little unfortunate. I mean, I feel like I mean, like I feel like I should have heard of it now that I think about it, but I just, I was not there familiar with it. So I put it at number 11 just because I don't know. I, I just didn't know what it was until we, we talked about it now and, and up until beforehand. So, yeah, I mean, for, for all like, you know, listening purposes i would just go with the ones that i had mentioned i mean it's worth the the full listen but it's very long the full thing is like over two hours long oh geez the first disc here it to me is the superior one minus a few missteps here and there and then just a select few from the second one those were all from earlier mm -hmm. in their career just put together into one album but no highly recommend this uh you know, right above Kill 'em All. Nothing crazy, but a good, a good covers album. 
cool. All right, I'm gonna. I'll have to I'll definitely have to check it out. I'll definitely have to check this one out more than I than I already did. So cool. So Garage Inc. We will we touch on that. What is what is the next? Is Lulu the next one? I can't remember. Or or Saint Anger. Uh, Saint Anger is next. Gotcha. We'll talk about that. We will talk about that. So Saint Anger. Not gonna lie. I mean, I first off, what a change! Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best way I could say. It. Like, I, I, I'm le- I, I, as far as studio albums go, as far as like actual like studio albums go, I'm not that familiar with. The, this is the one I'm least familiar with. I know like the title track, and that's really it. Um, because but going back and listening to it all the way through, I was like, you know what? It's not. Terrible. I, I like it. I mean, I don't, because it's, it's, it's got the name Metallica, not the album cover, but it's, like, it's the Metallica. I like it overall. Um, what, what, what are your impressions of Saint Anger? So Saint Anger for me, again, like you said, I agree. Very, um, very different turn here. It's definitely a return to a more metal sound. Uh, it gives off more of a like industrial metal than it does thrash. I mean weird decision on their part to not have any guitar solos on the entire album that's a big missed opportunity but that alone to me is not not enough to make it a bad album in my opinion like it is for some people but man Lars is his snare drum sound on this again another thing much like Injustice for All's lack of bass this has been hammered into the ground so many times but the snare drum sounds like he is just banging on a trash can throughout the entire album. And it starts to get really annoying really quickly. I don't know why he listened to that and thought that it sounded good or why Bob Rock, who is a stellar producer, said, yep, this sounds good. Let's keep this in here. Yeah. It's also a very, yeah, had a lot of turmoil in the band at this time. I don't, I don't know if you ever watched the Some Kind of Monster documentary. It's, I have not seen that documentary, no. You should definitely check it out. It's great. It just it shows everything that's going on with the band at this time, all the infighting in the group, and it even shows part of their therapy sessions. It's really difficult time for the band here, and this is also around when they were getting the bad press with the Napster stuff, you know, all those lawsuits, and who who would have known that now years later turns out hey they were right but but i mean i know yeah (laughs) at the time it was kind of like oh look at these spoiled rich guys whining about music but i mean hindsight they were right but musically speaking it's again i feel the same way about reload that i do this album is that if the metallica name was not attached to it it would have been better received and I'm not even saying that as someone that is a fan or apologist of this album, because there's only about three, maybe four songs on here that I like. But I think that people wouldn't have as much like disdain for it if it was released under a different name. Like if this was a Metallica side project with a different name, I don't think people would hate it as much as they do. I'm not saying it's a good album because it's, it's not great. I'm going to be honest, 
but there's some songs on it that are, you know, pretty good for what they are. I mean, I mean, let's just, let's just get into the track listing. Cause I, mean, I, I you said, you'd say, I kind of, I mean, this is my, it was just a weird turn for them. I, we'll get into a track, the track listing. It was just yeah. a weird, a weird thing for me personally. And actually it's funny. Bob Rock has wrote a lot of the songs in here too. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, strange, de- strange decision, but it's just such a weird, it, you know, I understand like they didn't have a bass player at this time. It was a weird time for the band, but man, the production on it is so questionable for someone like Bob Rock to have allowed like some of those sounds in there. Just so odd to me. I I don't understand it, but Hey, I mean, maybe they thought they were onto something with it and just didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, like you get into tracks, like, I mean, frantic and St. Anger. I like. Yeah. Um, Frantic is a, a, Frantic almost rivals Fuel as an album album opener for me. I love Frantic as a song and album opener. It kicks it off so well. And then into St. Anger, those two songs are great. So you, again, just like Load started with thinking, wow, it's going to be a good album. Those two songs pass, and then the rest of it is, honestly, with this album, kind of crappy. Yeah, unfortunately. I do um, love uh, Shoot Me Again. Shoot Me Again is the other song on here that I like, that's about it though. Outside of those three songs, I, I don't listen to anything else from this album. I mean, the only thing I can really comment on are frantic and anger as well as uh, all within my hands. I, I, I forget the song for a second. They did name one of their foundations after that song. Yes. Which I do know that. I mean, that's, and they've I, done I, a yeah. live uh, acoustic version, like an unplugged version of that song, uh, which I've, found to be significantly better and more listenable than the original uh, it's actually not bad but uh, yeah as a whole i just can't <laughs> i can't really get into this album much it's rough i mean it, I, I, listening to it i was like what the hell how do we go from enter sandman and fuel to this like it was just, it's strange um this is weird to me i mean where does it rank for you amongst your metallica albums so it's not the worst. I would have to put yeah. it at number 11. Okay. Uh, not the worst, but man, the song Dirty Window was oh my really bad. There's backing vocals about a little bit, like three quarters of the way or a little more toward the end. Now I'm listening to it. I'm just thinking, who okayed this? Who heard this in the studio? with studio speakers and said, yep, this is what we want people to hear. Same thing, uh, just lyrically, a lot of this album is not great. It's very odd to me. I understand where, you know, the timing and everything going on in the band, but as a whole, I just, wow, what a what a disappointment from the band. Yeah, and if you notice, the sessions were from May 1st, 2002 to April 3rd, 2003. Yeah, yeah. And then you can see some of that in the some kind of monster documentary where they uh you know they took breaks in between because of problems going on and things like that. Yeah. And I, it, I, might, it, I think it shows in the final product. I I might have to check that out just for because I I I've heard of that documentary. It's great. It's one of the it's one of the uh, I'd say it's one of the best music documentaries out there. Oh, really? Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely got to check that one out then. Um, so personally, I put a number 10. So one above you. Um, only because like it's just weird. That's the best make it's just mm-hmm. I like frantic, I like sand anger, but after that, you're like, all right. Yeah, it's a the weird, only time for me that it's strange comes, album. Yeah, the only time for me that it comes back after those two songs is Shoot Me Again, which if you, you're not too familiar with that song, I definitely recommend checking that one out. Other than that, I just listening to it again, okay, first time in a while. Yeah, first time in a while going back revisiting it. I was just like, why? Why is this a thing? I I I hear you, man. It's 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 like you said that if you were to put it on another uh, um if you were to put this with another band, like another like another like a side project thing, it might have been accepted better, but yeah, you know, that- I mean you still wouldn't have people saying, Oh, it's a great album, but I think that some of the singles from it would have done better. Uh, it wouldn't be yeah. so widely like, oh, this is a one of the worst albums ever made because it. I wouldn't say it's that bad, but it's pretty bad. Oh. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we got this, but anyway, you know, but it did play into what 2003, and yeah. then what yeah. five years later we get Death Magnetic. Mm-hmm. When did Lulu was Lulu after Death Magnetic? No, that was, no, that was the, after Death Magnetic. Okay, I'm just, I want to make sure I got the I want to make sure I got the years right. F magnetic. I want to let you go first in this. I know that you. Yeah. So, death magnetic. This album is interesting for me because this is actually this came out right around the height of my uh, Metallica fandom, I guess you call it. Um, This is when I was at peak Metallica fan. And I really like this album. This, it got a lot of hate. I don't understand why when it came out. This album has hate? Yes. When it came out, you know, people gave it hate. uh, A lot of it for production quality, for being like sounding like over compressed and having like poor sound quality. But I never, I didn't think that was that bad. Like it, I guess in some parts it was noticeable, but overall it was great. And this came, it was such a return to form, not only to the Metallica sound, but to the thrash Metallica sound. Like this didn't go back to the black album Metallica. This went back to like thrash Metallica plus. Yeah adding like incorporating sounds from like the black album and you know a little bit after that as well this was like to me a great combination of all their sounds put together uh excellent comeback for a band that was in decline for commercially and you know artistically for a couple years and i believe this is their first with uh first that rob uh, played on their new bass player. This is the first one he actually played bass on. Right. And he's a great bass player. Uh, and this is the, the band that we've had since. I mean, it, it's great. They had some songs that were later released, some B-sides that were also pretty good. 
but yeah, I mean, we're back to thrash Metallica and I love it. It's great. You and me both, buddy. I mean, going going into this, I I had not heard of a lot of the songs on here, truthfully, until I delve into this album. And I love it. I think it is like it is one of it's as far as like a modern thrash metal album. Like you don't get any better than this. I mean, we, no. we'll talk about like um hardwired in a minute, but this is great. Yeah, I mean, this it's so interesting to me that they managed to capture that sound so many years later and do it so well. And, you know, they didn't bring Bob Rock back for this one after, you know, recording with him for many, many years. And maybe that's what made it pay off. Honestly, I don't know. But this album works so well. It brought back the guitar solos from Metallica that we all love. It, it brought back so much of their sound that I think people were missing for years. And if it, if that five years between albums is what it took, then I'm glad that we got it. I agree. I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever got them back to form, you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's see, let's go, let's go dub into the track listing. Cause I mean, I'm very curious to see like what you think of the track listing as well and the, the, this is like finally them back coming back to form um that was just your life the end of the line broken beaten scarred the day that never comes all nightmare long uh cyanide the unforgiven three again with that, that story thread uh the judas kiss suicide and redemption another instrumental and my apocalypse kyle i'm gonna let you go first what, what are some of your takeaway songs from this album so top songs, top three, All Nightmare Long. All Nightmare Long is a song, the most thrash that they have been in years and years. Honestly, probably decades since the 80s. Now, that song is incredible. Another song that's long and doesn't feel its length. That's one thing that I noticed with St. Anger was a lot of the songs were long and they felt long. Now they're back to having songs that are long and feel just like a normal song that breezes right by. So that song is great. It proved that they could still do it. They still had it in the tank. It's, they were firing on all cylinders on it. Unforgiven 3 might actually be my favorite of the Unforgiven trilogy. Okay. Lyrically, it's great. It's mature. It ties up the story very nicely uh broken beaten scarred and the judas kiss also kind of fight each other out for my number three spot depending on the day but i think the only song i don't care for too much on this album that i'll skip a lot is the end of the line every other song is a hit suicide and redemption 10 minute instrumental again it's not that bad it it's one of their it's probably a middle ground instrumental of theirs for me nothing too crazy but not bad but yeah i love this album i think that it flows very well and it doesn't feel as long as it actually is all right i mean the one the ones that stand out to me personally uh, i have to say that uh, the, you're, you might think I'm crazy, but the day that never comes, I think, is brilliant. Oh, oh yeah, I love that song. Um, 
Yeah, all, fantastic. And I'll get to, in fact, you know, it hit the Hot 100 in 2008, right? I don't know if you knew that. It actually charted on the Hot yeah. 100 for like seven weeks. Yeah. So it was like on mainstream radio again. How about that? Um, all Nightmare Long, I do like quite a bit. Um, Cyanide, I do like a lot. I mean, I say I say I like because I'm not as familiar with these songs as much as like I only listened to the album for the first time ever like the other day. I, I knew some of the songs, but I only listened to some of them. I only listened to the whole thing a couple of days ago for the for the first time. But I do I did I did know some of the songs beforehand. Um, Unforgiven three. I thought the piano intro was brilliant for them to bring piano into their their like their style was risky, but I think it worked out in their favor in that case. Yes, definitely. I mean, for I mean, it's also what seven minutes and forty-seven seconds long. So it's the longest Unforgiven too. So um, Judas Kiss, um, definitely. I mean, I like it overall. My Apocalypse that was fun too, and I, I do like. I mean, the instrumental was like you know take it or leave it, but I do like it overall though. Suicide and Redemption. So yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, this is a couple of mine. It's great. I mean, like I said, Unforgiven three might be my favorite of the trilogy i think that just what it represents lyrically i think is so it it wraps it up so nicely like from the storyline like the unforgiven then the unforgiven 2 being a little more mature and then then the three is like like kind of like adulthood it feels like and like looking back on it and I think it's such such a more mature take on the songs and it works so well, even musically with the piano intro into it. It just comes off as like a reflective type song. I really like it. That was very well done, but man, all nightmare long. I can't say enough good things about that song. I remember that that was the first song I heard from this album. And I was like, yep, they're back. This is also right around the time where they had their own guitar hero game come out, which was great. I used to play that all the time back in the day. And I missed that. I mean, it was, it is, but the big question is of course, where does this rank for you amongst your Metallica? Albums? I actually put this one at number four. I think it's a really okay. classic. Yeah. I think it's a modern classic Metallica album and it's great. It reminds me of eighties Metallica. If you said this was eighties Metallica, I believe it. Definitely. I mean, I only because I full disclosure, I only listened to it for the first time through like, a week or two ago, like I was just saying, about a week ago, I listened to the whole thing from start to finish, only because I'm going back. This kind of ties in with Garage Inc. I'm not as familiar with it, but I do love what I hear. Mm. I put it, I put it at number nine for that reason. But I'm sure that list, that number is going to go up the more I listen to it. Truthfully, I do love right. the production. I do love a lot of it, but it's just it's that low. It's a little lower than it might be for you or other people. But I I do love it a lot. It's that low for that reason though. I'm I'm just distracted right now looking at the deluxe edition oh yeah track listing here. These are some uh pretty wild demo names I'm seeing. I actually never saw this before. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jim Bag. Interesting. UN3. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to actually go and 
listen to these later because I'm very intrigued by this and I never knew that these existed. <laughs> oh, well, go for it, man. There you go. How about that? Um, but as, as I was saying, I just, I put it at number nine only because I was not as familiar with it. I, it, mm. it, it it's a solid album. It's fantastic. I just couldn't get into it like the way that I could have like with, let's say master puppets. Yeah. That's or, fair. Or uh, Justice for All stuff like that. So, but I, I do love it. I do love it. So now we have to unfortunately talk about you know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the elephant in the room. The unfortunate elephant in the room. Let's talk about Lulu. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, man. So I was going to say about this album when it was first announced, I was super excited for it because you know this is only three years after or so death magnetic and i'm like man they're back they've been killing it and i was like you know lou reed i'm not a big fan but he's an absolute legend uh so i always think he's gonna be something good then they release a ridiculously long album full of just metallica riffs and you know subpar metallica music with lou reed doing spoken word over it and most of it is just babbling nonsense like most of it just sounds like someone drunkenly stumbled into their like recording studio and mumbled some random spoken word over it and there's no respect to lou reed you know i've just never been a big fan but he did make some great you know music back in the day man though I can't get behind this. I don't know who listened to it and thought it was good. There's not a single thing I like about this. The one saving grace of this album is James Hetfield singing, I am the table in the view. And I think that might be the only or one of the only uh, songs that he does any kind of like vocals in. It's just so weird. Not a good idea. And I think something i heard recently was that i guess lou reed's daughter or something like that said that metallica agreed to do it like out of respect for for her father lou reed and i guess he really wanted to do it so you know good on them i just wish their name wasn't on it yep just saying this. I listened to this. And I was like, "Why am I listening to this?" Yep. I was like, Good God. Yep. I went back and listened to so, it. And I had the same thought that I did when I first listened to it, and that was, "Why? Why am I hearing this? Why is anyone hearing this? Whose idea was this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Should, should we even delve into the track listing? That's a better question. <laughs> I don't need to. I I can just say that this was one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my life. And, you know, I kind of like to forget it happened. I mean, dude, there's a song on it, Junior Dad. It's like almost 20 minutes long. Oh my it, God. There's nothing about this album that I liked, and that's so unfortunate. I, I'm glad that they made music after this, so this wasn't the end of their career, because that would have been a horrendous way to go about <laughs> That would have been horrendous. There was a reason that there was only one single from this album. Let's just say that. I agree. 
But the fact that the last song is 19 minutes, 30 seconds, that's frightening. Yeah, and it's not even like Metallica as usual. It's a long song and it is, um, you know, easy to get through. It's not. <laughs> Everything about this album just feels like it takes forever. God. So Tragic. that's my thoughts on it is I hate it. I can't stand it. Uh, it might be my least favorite album. I hate it too. Of all I, time, I, right? It, you know what? No, I like Van Halen three more than I like this. That's really saying something. <laughs> yeah, I hate Van. That's Halen saying 3. if you like Van Halen three, this. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. And the more I think about it, you're right. I, I've. No comment whatsoever on this because I was listening to it. I was like, make it stop. <laughs> make it stop. At least, at least Van Halen 3 had some kind of like occasional redeemable interesting thing or something like that. At least the vocals weren't like bad. It was just bad songwriting and bad choices. This is just every single thing about this one is bad. Oh my God. So, I can't, I can't, I can't get over looking at not yet. We're we're on the same page. This is number twelve, big fat twelve right there. It's number one. It's, it's terrible, yeah. dude. I like to meet the one person. I guarantee you, there's one person out there that's like, oh, the the misunderstood genius of Lulu, the best album ever made. And I would like to meet that person and talk with them because they, uh, I'm sure, have some interesting points of view. Well, if those if that person exists, hopefully they can find us. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh my god, this is terrible. Nineteen minutes and thirty seconds of that last song. Jesus Christ! They redeemed think... themselves with one other album. Yes. You know. Yeah, they redeemed themselves. You want to get into it? Give me. I'm good. I'm good to get into it. I was gonna say they. I think they redeemed themselves a couple times between this. Uh, I believe, and I see on the uh, chronology down there too. The Beyond Magnetic EP with some B sides from Death Magnetic that were pretty good, and they had the the Through the Never movie between these. I believe that's pretty good. But oh my god, I don't even think Lou Reed fans liked this album. Now that's saying I think something. this is just universally hated. Yeah, it's, it says extremely negative response from fans and critics. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to something else. Let's talk about hardwired to self-destruct, baby. What's your take on hardwired to self-destruct? So this album to me it came out at the time where I was kind of I don't want to say past being a Metallica fan because that's not true. I love Metallica. I always have, but it definitely came out of a time where I had already been like disenfranchised by the band from the, the Lou Reed stuff, the Lulu album. So I was kind of like, I'm skeptical. Death Magnetic was great, but now I'm skeptical. And it's going to be a double album they were saying. And it was. So that was already to me. It was like, Oh, Lulu was a double album. What are they doing now? Uh, it's very good. Uh, it's not my favorite Metallica album by any means. I think that it was a great, uh, 
comeback album, kind of their second great comeback album, Death Magnetic being the first. And then this one, which again, shouldn't have had to be a comeback album, but it was. Uh, I will say that Lars is probably the only drummer I've ever seen that managed to make a career out of playing nearly the same beat for literal decades. <laughs> but it, it works for the songs. Uh, you know, it's great. I have no problem with it. It has some really good songs. But then other songs, I feel like at times they lack like passion when I listen to it. Like it, to me, some of the songs come off as though someone sat Metallica in a room and said, all right, write a thrash song now. Like it doesn't seem like it has as much heart in it as previous releases. And I don't know why I get that vibe. It's just something that I've always felt listening to it. But there's still really great songs on here. And I really like it. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, this was the um, this came out in 2016. Hard to believe this came out in 2016, by the way. I know. I was just thinking about when I listened to it uh, earlier today. I was like, man, this didn't come out that long ago. And I was like, oh, almost six years ago now. Frightening. I tell you, it's frightening. <laughs> um, where does time go? Uh, I full disclosure, I do love this record. There's a lot of really great songs on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the album that kind of got me like made me go back to Death Magnetic, made me go back to a couple of things before, like Saint Magnetic, uh, um, uh, Saint Anger a little bit. Like, I, I went back to other stuff and it got, got me back into Metallica when this album came out. Um, particularly, we'll get to the track listing in a second, but particularly, Spit at the Bone is great. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that song. It's a good song. We have a uh, slightly conflicting um, views on that one. Interestingly enough, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, let's go down the track listing. And you know, this is overall it's uh, twelve songs. Mm-hmm. Pretty good stuff, truthfully. Hardwired, Atlas Rise, Now That We're Dead, Moth to a Flame. I do like that one quite a bit. Dream No More, Halo on Fire. Side to his confusion, man unkind. Um, uh, here comes revenge, which interesting title, by the way. Other titles have something crazy about them. Am I savage? Murder one and spit at the bone. I mean, what, what, what are some standout tracks to you? My standout tracks are actually all from the first half. Uh, really, hard, I love hardwired. Yeah. It's so good. Brings back that like thrash sound again. And it also has like the kind of like punk influence on it that I really like. Atlas Rise, the vocals in that are nuts. It, it's such a good song. It's catchy. And then Moth into Flame is top tier Metallica, especially for late in their career. And then when they did that one with uh, Lady Gaga at the Grammys that they did that at, I think. Whatever yeah. award show it was, I did it with uh, Lady Gaga. I would love for a studio version of that. That was so good. And I wish that I know there's some like microphone troubles that they had, but that was so good. Um, you know, th- there's great songs on here too, other than that. But those are really the three standouts for me. Spit Out the Bone, I do like that song. I do think that it got kind of overhyped and a little bit overrated. I remember when it first came out, people were hyping that up like, 
oh my god this is the best song they've done in forever and i would listen to it i was like it's okay it's good like i i wouldn't call it like a classic like metallica is gonna be remembered for this song in another 20 years type song but you know it's good no way there is three songs on here that i just straight up do not like i don't like dream no more don't know why uh i don't like am i savage it just kind of bores me also the name bothers me and it just comes off as a ripoff of am i evil even though it sounds nothing like it and then murder one it's never like that one either i just get like the song again those i think it's that these ones are the ones i'm talking about that sound like they lack the passion behind it and it sounds to me like someone just sat them down and said write a metallica song and it's like mm-hmm. okay metallica they've been doing it for decades they know how to write a metallica song at this point but i want to see something like that they really have heart behind and maybe they did and you know maybe it's just how it's coming off to me but also man unkind i do like that song dumb name and uh dumb line <laughs> like i get what they're doing with it yeah it's kind of dumb but it's fun i like it like i said it's a good album i wouldn't put it you know with my top albums and i did when i remember i had the like the deluxe edition with the whole extra disc and i remember before this came out lords of summer was like a standalone single and i thought that would have fit perfectly on here but they put on just the deluxe edition i thought that was better than some of the songs that made the album yeah, Lords of Summer was pretty good too, though. I mean, I, I do wish it was on the, uh, on the, um, um, on the record. Yeah, I think it would have fit right in. I think that would have been, you know, a better choice than some of the ones that were that did make the cut. Halo on Fire is pretty cool, though. Uh, I do like that as a end to the first half. Yeah, but that's my thoughts on it. So, what, what are yours on it? Oh yeah. I mean, personally, I mean, the first four songs on disc one are incredible to me. Like, a hard, I mean, they do rip really well. Like, Hardwired yes. is three minutes long. It's the first song. It's three minutes. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. They went back to, like, that punk rock feel of, like, it's going to be quick and easy. Atlas Rise, I do like a lot. Uh, now that we're dead and Moth to a Flame, they just sound cool to me. Yes. All four of those are, like, it, it's a straight. That's, I think that's why this album, to me, doesn't hit as hard as the others because those four songs starts off so well and then yeah. for me just like tanks in quality uh pretty steeply but that's just me yeah i mean we're we're pretty much the same on side one like did the dream no more and halo on fire i mean I, they're I, I i forgot about them until like we just we talked about them and i listened to it earlier today or the other day but uh Confusion, I like. I mean, it's kind of a weak opener to side to side two, just two. Uh, Man, unkind, a little bit, we a little weird, you know. Unkind. It's almost like they're trying to say, like, "Hey, look at us." Yeah. Uh, Here comes revenge. I mean, it's like a weird title, whatever. Uh, it's also seven minutes long. Uh, am I savage? Like you said, it's a ripoff of Am I? Um, was it Am I evil? What is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Am yeah. I evil? It sounds nothing like it, like sound wise and lyrically. It's just. Something about that one, I it's always, I don't know, couldn't get into it. Yeah, murder one also just sounds like I remember. There's there's a great video on YouTube. You can find it. It's a video of them going, um, 
of them making the album. Some guy took like those little like two minute clips of them making of like a five minute video and made like a two hour documentary out of it, like I'm making a hardwired self destruct, whatever it. Um, and it's on YouTube. You can look it up how they made each song from from a, from basically inception to finished product. Mm. It's pretty cool. Uh, and spit out the bone started as a the demo was called Chai, C H I. I know, crazy. Um, what it, it's in this video, you can check it out. But I do like spit out the bone quite a bit. Like, I mean, like it, it, I, I like that one a lot. That's but that's me though. I mean, yeah, so. it's definitely it's definitely a good song. It was just it, definitely I thought got a little overhyped when it first came out because a lot of people were making it out to be like they hadn't released anything like any thrash music since like the 80s which not the case there were a couple songs on death magnetic that were just as thrashy as spit out the bone uh great song but yeah it, a yeah, lot of filler on I mean, the album for me unfortunately i mean like the, yeah but the first four songs and spit out the bone really that's about it for me i mean i still like confusion that's i mean or yeah confusion i, I wish lords of summer yeah, I wish Lords of Summer was on the record, like you said. Yeah, I would have definitely taken. I probably would have replaced Murder One with Lords of Summer, to be honest. Yeah, that's probably my least favorite there. It would have worked too. Yeah. So, um, is that it? That's all. Of them. Damn. Um, but where, where does this one? This one. This one kind of goes. This is a little harder to place for me. Uh, it went kind of in the middle, a little bit on the lower side. Number seven, right below Ride the Lightning for me. I couldn't justify putting it above uh, some of the classic ones for me personally, just because the uh, the amount of filler on it and just the iconicness of Ride the Lightning edged out a little bit more. All right. Um, to be honest, I you might this might surprise you, but because I do, this was one of my I did listen to Zama Life from start to finish, you know, when it came out in 2016 and then I revisited it recently. Uh, I do love, I, I like it a lot. I put it number four just because mm. I'm more familiar with it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, personally, I love this. I, I do like the album. Yeah, there's a little bit of filler on here and there, there, here and there, but I like it overall so yeah no it's definitely a good album like there's nothing like bad about the album itself like i said there's just like two three songs i'm not too big into but i mean it, it's a good album as a whole uh i'm hoping we get more from them soon i mean it's i know they've been taking long gaps between albums now but yeah not getting any younger is all i'm saying i agree it's it's almost like they're, they're doing their own like world. They're almost like they're all they're touring more than they are recording. So, which is yeah, and that and that's great too. Uh, you know, whatever keeps them going, as long as there's Metallica in the world, I'm happy. But you know, I, I'd like for another, I'd like for at least one more album before they call it quits one day. Yeah, I, I second that. I think you know that they they were talking about putting another another album out soon. I, I forget when they said they were going to, but they were going to. Yeah, 11th studio album. They were talking about it. Yeah, the past few years they've been, uh, you know, they've been mentioning stuff, but then one of them will come back and say, oh, we're taking our time with it, and who knows when it'll be done. But hopefully, you know, 
hopefully we'll get something within a year or two. But you never know. As long as it comes out good. I I agree. As long as it comes out good, that's all that matters. So uh, the question is, though, how do we rank our albums? I mean, you're all set to share if you're ready. I am. Let me... Where's the button? There it is. I don't know. Oh, man. All right. So Share for that me, screen, buddy. We got Black Album, Reload, Master of Puppets, Death Magnetic, and Justice for All, Ride the Lightning, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, Garage Inc., Kill Em All, Load, Saint Anger, and finally, Lulu. Much deservingly and last, Lulu. I, I don't think that my bottom three will shock many people. I think those are pretty fairly down there. I agree. And then we got your ranking and Justice for All number one, Black Album. Master of Puppets, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, Ride the Lightning, Reload, Kill Em All, Load, Death Magnetic, Saint Anger, Raj Inc., and unsurprisingly, Lulu. (laughs) (laughs) Unsurprisingly, of course. Very unsurprisingly. Oh, my God. I was worried you were going to put that as like number two. No, 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 no. I, I am not that. I am stupid. I'm not that stupid. Let's put it that, way. that is that is next level. It's like a 19 minute song is your. It's my number one Metallica record. No, no, no. Oh, good God. Oh my God. Um. Well, anyways, guys, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for watching, listening. However, you enjoyed us tonight. Uh, thank you so much as always for tuning in for another episode of career retrospectives. We will keep you posted on what's next for us um, coming up in the coming weeks. It could be next week. could be whenever we'll let you guys know when that time comes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for Kyle for being a big helper here. And he's, he's, I, I give him more, so much credit. He's so smart. He's awesome. So I uh, thank always you so much. Pleasure. my friend. Always a pleasure um, being here. Of course. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for watching and listening, however you uh, streamed us. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.